Welcome to Musicians Versus the World, the podcast where we explore aspects of music and musician life that may not have been covered in music school. I am your host, Christine Smith, and I want to wish everybody a very happy new year. I hope everyone had a wonderful holiday season. And we are going to jump off with our first episode of 2023 with an interesting episode and hopefully a very helpful episode all about taking stock of our careers and maybe some goal setting and some strategies that musicians can use to make the most out of their career and out of this upcoming year. And so I have invited the wonderful Nicole Ricardo to be my guest today. She is a musician, a marketing strategist, and business coach who has helped hundreds of musicians define and reach their career goals. And she was gracious enough to come and join me today. So Nicole, thank you for being here and welcome to Musicians Versus the World. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I so appreciate you coming here. I have heard so many wonderful things about you and I went through your website and I was pretty much blown away by your story. And I want to hear that in your own words. Can you explain how you got to where you are at this point? (laughs) Definitely. So yeah, I know um, some people are probably like, wait, musician, but also like marketing and business. That's um, how did that happen? Right. I also used to wonder how that happened, to be honest. Um, (laughs) uh, The basic gist is, you know, like most musicians, I've been in music majority of my life, right? Like started with piano lessons when I was in first grade and then started playing flute and, you know, branched out. I play all the woodwinds then was like, oh, this is cool. I'm going to go to college for this, right? So did that, got my bachelor's um, in flute performance, did my master's and, you know, like also most other musicians, I was like, great, I'm going to graduate and I'm going to go take auditions and I'm going to win a job, right? Uh, That is not what happened. And (laughs) so I had to get a normal job. And when I, when I got my job, it actually, um, it wasn't doing anything like marketing or business related at all. I was actually working in the medical field. um, So completely different. But Hmm. Uh, Through the course of working there, um, at one of the practices I was at, they would have these like regular meetings on, um, you know, how can we improve on this? How can we expand on this? Blah, blah, blah. You know, bringing the whole business together, which I I really admire and respect. You know, I'm a big fan of like, hey, let's improve and, you know, uh, care what everybody has to say, right? Like novel idea. Yeah. And so anyway, one of the meetings, it was about, you know, oh, how can we expand to a more millennial demographic and blah, blah, blah. And I just like freaking dominated the meeting. I had like my laptop, I had notes, I had statistics, I was like ready to go. And so after that, the owner actually pulled me aside and he's like, okay, so obviously you're kind of good um, at this whole marketing (laughs) thing. Do you want to start helping with this more? And I was like, um, yes. So I got to start working with their marketing agency and they actually, they hired out, uh, they worked with this big outside marketing firm that I don't even want to know how much money they probably paid them per year. But I got to start working with them. And you know, with them, I was doing a lot of marketing, social media marketing, um, PR, setting up like events, I redesigned their entire website, you know, pretty much all of it. And I really, really enjoyed it. And so I was like, you know what, like, I want to do more of this. So I just completely dove in headfirst, you know, was listening to anything and everything, reading anything and everything I could get my hands on that was related to marketing, sales, business, all that jazz, worked at a few other places doing marketing. And then eventually I was like, well, 
I keep seeing these results. Obviously, I know what I'm doing now. Why am I using this to build other people's businesses and like put more money in their pockets when I can be using this for myself? And so in January of 2018 was when I finally made the decision, you know what, like, I'm going to use this for myself. And so throughout that year, I started using my marketing skills and social media website, conversion website design, and used it to build my own career. And by August, I was able to quit and was working for myself full time. And I did it at first to be a musician, right? Because as right. musicians, we just want to work as a musician. And so that's what I did at first. I was uh, subbing, playing with a bunch of orchestras around here. I had built a full studio. I was teaching on a few different like schools here in Austin. Um, And I did take on one private social media management client, social media marketing client, but the rest of it, it was music. But obviously, you know, anybody who is post music school knows it, it is really hard to get a job in music. And especially like once you go the nine to five route, it is even harder to get out of that and get back into music. Right. And so Mm -hmm. I was getting messages like pretty much almost on a daily basis from people I had gone to school with or acquaintances, whatever, like, oh my God, how did you do this? How did you do this? What did you do? What did you do? Um, And so I was like, you know what, like people keep asking me this, like, let me just teach you. So that actually turned into my very first online course. And at the time, I had no clue what I was doing. It was just like it literally was born out of need because I had so many people asking me and you know, like, I can't spend all day on like, free coffee chats with people telling you how to go like, build your career, you know, so I was like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna make this more efficient. And Mm -hmm. I'm going to like, we're gonna hop on some zoom calls, and I'm gonna walk you through everything I did. And so that's what I did. Yeah, I was literally like one Instagram post, I launched my very first round of what is now my signature program, it's called create your career. Um, Very creative, Nicole, but you know, it says what it is. So (laughs) Um, but I I launched my very first round of create your career. Um, I got oh my gosh, I think like 20 or 30 people in the very first round. And we literally would just like hop on Zoom calls. I walked them through everything I did. And by the end of that round, there were multiple people who were able to, they had been in nine to fives or part-time jobs. They were able to quit and become fully self-employed. There were quite a few people who were in school at the time, either undergrad or grad school. Um, They were able to build their studios to the point where they graduated and they didn't have to get jobs. They had their own businesses. And I was just like, sitting there one day and, you know, looking at those results, that's when it hit me like, Oh, I I think this is actually what I'm supposed to be doing. So um, yeah, from there, I kind of pivoted. And then I was like, you know what, like, this is what I want to do. I really want to help other musicians, other creatives be able to make a living just by doing what you love. Because as we know, in music school, it's not really something they teach us, right? We don't learn about social media marketing or conversion based web design or personal branding or pitching. Like we don't learn about any of that. We are taught to cross your fingers and hope you win a job. And if you don't, well, uh, good luck, I guess. You know, I'm like, (laughs) no, like, that's ridiculous. So um, yeah, I just want to be you know, people's like the the fairy godmother that I wish I had when I was uh, freaking miserable in a nine to five and hated my life and was like, wow, I wish uh, somebody would have taught me how to do this in school and, you know, actually make money being a flute player. So uh, here we are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
I think that's so awesome. And what a great thing that you found like your calling in life to help other musicians. <laughs> and there's such a need because I think it's a huge, a huge percentage. I don't have the percentage here. Mm-hmm. So many musicians end up being freelancers. And I think the the skills and the tools that you help with people, it is absolutely so needed. Do you ever find time to play your flute anymore? Yeah. And so that's actually the really fun part, in my opinion, of, you know, being self-employed. I do not have to take the crappy, you know, oh, $100 gig and it's two hours away and three rehearsals. Like, um, no thanks. My time's much more valuable than that. I get to play the gigs, like my absolute favorite gigs. So um, like, for example, every year I still play a gig with the Sarasota Orchestra. Um, They have this like circus event that they do every year. And it's like literally in a circus tent. It's kind of like Cirque du Soleil style. And they bring Uh in these like performers from all over the world. And we play, you know, we get to play like Star Wars and it's with full choir. So it's like super epic. And yeah, and it's, you know, a well-paying gig and it's super fun. So yeah, I still, I still get to play and only say yes to the gigs that I'm like, heck yeah, that sounds freaking awesome. I want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's so important. I think that's something that we need to understand as musicians, because you go to school and you're like, I just want to do the music. Let someone else take care of all the business stuff. But <laughs> if we take the time to build our business and build our brand, like you're saying, then that gives us more freedom. So we're mm-hmm. actually playing the fun stuff and we're actually yep. playing the gigs that that we want to play. Oh, yeah. And if I, yeah. I'm totally guilty, like if I had gone back and told college, Nicole, like you are a business person, you have to learn how to market yourself and blah, blah, blah. I would have been so offended, mm-hmm. you know, I'd have been like, um, excuse me, like, no, I need to be practicing. I need to get better at flu. I need to blah, blah, blah. I don't have time to learn any of that. Like, this right. is ridiculous. You're telling me I need to have two jobs, basically, like, no, get out of here, you know, but it's like, the reality is, I'm so sorry if I'm about to burst anybody's bubble. But ooh, I wish somebody would have like gone back to college, Nicole and grabbed my shoulders and shook me and been like, listen, the reality is, like the percentage Mm -hmm. of people of musicians who get one of those jobs, right in quotes, is so small. And even the people who get those jobs, again, in quotes, right? the the yearly pay, the average salary, let's just be honest for a second here. Most of those jobs are barely paying a livable wage. I had no concept of this when I was in college because, you know, you have your like scholarships and you get your Pell Grants and whatever. Like you have no actual grasp on, you know, what it looks like to live in the real world and having like, uh, you know, a full rent payment and paying all of your bills and and gas and groceries. And like, yeah, you have to do that in college. But again, it's like different, right? When you are Mm -hmm. having to foot the bills for that off of um, a paycheck and then you get that paycheck every month, but then, you know, a percentage of it is taken out from taxes. Like literally the majority of musicians who have those jobs, right? A full-time orchestra job or even um, teaching jobs. It is pretty rare that they aren't doing like 500 other things, right? Like look around. We all know this is normal. We see it, right? Like all of the orchestral musicians, but then they don't have like evenings. They don't have weekends because they're teaching 500 million students. Yeah, they're probably not doing that because they want to. Like spoiler alert, they're doing it because they need to make money to pay all of their freaking bills. Like making 30 grand a year as a salary is like you're barely scraping by. And that was like, 
one of the big things for me after I graduated that I had a really hard time reconciling is I've always wanted to be able to travel. I've Mm -hmm. always been the type of person that like, okay, I don't like being told what to do. I want to do whatever I want to do. Yeah, maybe I want to have a nice car. Maybe I want to go buy a nice purse. Like, so sue me, you know? Mm -hmm. But like, guess what? You're not going to do any of those things on a freaking musician's salary. And so that was something like, God, I felt like I was always in a midlife crisis on like, you know, guilting myself and shaming myself about like, how could I want those things? Because, oh, I love music so much and we're not in it for the money and we do it because we love it and blah, blah, blah. But like, okay, well, guess what? It's also okay to want to live a good life. It is okay to want to have a savings account. It's okay to want to drive a car that isn't, you know, breaking down every 500 miles. Like that is okay to want a better life for yourself. And it is okay to admit it. Um, If you are your own boss and create your own career doing music things, any other things that you enjoy doing, you have so much more freedom and so much more flexibility. And once you know how to create your own opportunities, to me, that is way more stable than any nine to five. I'm not going to fire myself. I can walk into a nine to five or an orchestra job and you know, you're playing your solo and you miss a note and the conductor can look at you and be like, you're fired, get out. Like, that's the reality of it, you know? Like, I'm never going to wake up in the morning and be like, ah, Nicole, you're fired, you know? Like, I'm like I'm not going to do that. Like, I know how to make money. I know how to market. I know how to launch things. I know um, how to create opportunities for myself. So if I want to make money, I can literally wake up in the morning and be like, oh, you know what? I want to make an extra $1,000 today. Cool. I sit down at my computer and I pull up my, you know, Instagram or my email list and, you know, send, send something out and like, boom you can make money like it's obviously that's a little like reductive like yes there's work that has to go into this of course of course like, yeah you know it's like it gives you so much more freedom and so I just want to like right. open the possibilities for musicians that like it's okay to take your blinders off you can right. still be a musician and also do other things and also like you know not have to be a starving artist right yeah I, I noticed on your website that you just hate the idea of starving artists. It drives me insane, honestly. And I think that it's one of the things that um, is so perpetuated in our industry mm-hmm. with like right. like all of those like cr- cliches that I mentioned earlier. The like, oh, well, I'm not in it for the money. And we do, I do music because I love it. And, you know, oh, you have to put in your dues. No. Oh, like if you are a professor, if you are a professor or a teacher and you are like educating the next generation of musicians, do not say those things to your right. students. It is so harmful. And it's essentially teaching us to devalue our work, right? And like, like, why should we be saying yes to these gigs that are, you know, oh, for exposure or like, oh, you know, it's you'll you'll get $100, but it's like three rehearsals, but it's, you know, it's going to be great exposure, whatever. Oh, okay, well, I guess I just have to put in my dues. Like, no, like, screw that. Like, we need to stop perpetuating these myths. Because like, when we devalue our work, guess what? Everybody else devalues our work too. And then they think that it's okay to pay musicians crap. It's like, oh, it's just like a vicious cycle. So anyway, they're, you know, all like get off my soapbox about it. But like, geez, if you're a professor, don't say that to your students. It's so harmful. Oh, it is. And it's a cultural thing too. There's something romanticized about the starving artist. And it's not just musicians. There's artists and authors and anything in the creative field. There's, there's this, I don't know. There's nothing romantic about being a starving artist. 
let's talk a little bit about passive versus active income, because Mm -hmm. I know that this is a big part of financial independence is having some passive income. Can you explain a little bit about what those two things are? Yeah. So active income, obviously you have to actively do something in order to generate that income, right? So if I am teaching a private flute lesson, I am trading an hour of my time for money. If I am playing a gig and it is a two-hour rehearsal and I am getting paid, you know, by the hour or even per service, I am trading my time. I am physically being there and putting in work for money, right? Mm -hmm. But here's a, a big spoiler alert for everybody. If you want to be wealthy, like let's just say it that way. If you want to be rich, if you want to make a lot of money, you have to find ways to make money without having to work. And so that's where passive income comes in, where that is essentially you can create something once. And then every time you make a sale for it, it's passive. You you don't have to do any other work to do it. So um, let's say for a music teacher, this might look like having some sort of add-on program, like a subscription, like let's say people enroll in lessons with you, but they also have the option to enroll in your your monthly subscription service or membership service where they get access to your library of um, maybe your arrangements and Mm -hmm. um, duet files where you're playing the duet line and they can play along with you, right? And then they're paying you every single month for this, this stuff that you've already created. You're not doing any extra work for it every month. They're just, you're just making money every month, right? It's exactly like, um, like rental properties, right? You have like five houses and you're renting them out. Well, I'm not like building a new freaking house every month, but I'm like, people are mailing me their rent checks, right? Like it's passive income. Um, so yeah, we love passive income because that allows you, um, if you are someone like me who likes to travel and you like being able to do whatever you want and you don't like being told what to do. If you have a business or a career where a majority of your income is coming in passively. Yeah, guess what? You have a lot of time freedom. Like literally, like I'm at the point where I travel pretty much like half of every month. Like I was literally like I just got back. I was in Florida for two weeks. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. okay, you can't really do that if you're like, <laughs> well, yeah, if you have a gig times. like every other every weekend. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. And you know, it's like, obviously, it's different priorities. Like, that was my priority. If you're somebody that's, you know, you really love teaching, you want to do that, like, cool, do that, you know, and you want to make more money, cool, add some passive income. I just decided I wanted to travel. So the majority of my business is passive income based. But um, yeah, we love passive income and we love multiple income streams. Absolutely. Well, I like that, like kind of diversifying sort of mm-hmm. what you're, it's kind of like when you're investing, if you're thinking about your retirement fund, they always say, oh, diversify, don't put everything mm-hmm. in stocks, everything in bonds. You want yep. to have different lines of income. And it's, if you think of it as investing in yourself, you have different lines of income and you're diversifying where that income is coming from. Yep. And, exactly. Yeah. And I think, you know, cause I'm a pianist and so I do have a, a small little studio and I've seen this so much in piano teachers, because a lot of them end up, you know, making arrangements for their students Mm -hmm. and they say, Hey, other people might like this too. And this is where the internet is awesome. And this is where (laughs) like Instagram and all social media is awesome because they can put it up on the internet and other teachers want it too. Mm -hmm. And so they'll license it. And so they'll have the copy and, um, let's see. So they have that. I have a friend who is amazing and she created a whole, 
music history course because she was doing it for her own students, for her mm -hmm. own kids and said, maybe other people want this too. Mm -hmm. And she has this great passive income where she has more time with her family. She doesn't have to teach as many students and she has more freedom to go play and perform where she wants to play. And mm -hmm. I love the idea of passive income. Now, if someone is wanting to do that and doesn't really know what they have that could bring in a passive income, what sort of things, what sort of questions can they ask themselves? Like, how can they find something to bring that income in? Um, generally, what I will do with my clients is it, it's a little bit of a process. But first step is essentially you want to sit down and just brain dump, make a big long list of anything and everything that you could possibly teach somebody else that you know mm -hmm. how to do, right? So a really easy way of figuring this out if you're like, oh, gee, Nicole, I don't know. Okay, well, mm -hmm. let's take a look at where you were like five years ago or 10 years ago. What have you done in that time that you couldn't do before, right? What are the things that you taught yourself how to do or you learned how to do or you got better at doing, right? And it could be the most random crap, right? Like maybe you really freaking perfected how to make a salted caramel mocha, you know, like, okay, cool. You couldn't do that before. Write it down. No judgment, no getting in your head like, oh, that's stupid, whatever. Like literally anything, like write it down because I know you're a musician, you're creative, you you do more than just music. Okay. Like that's literally what we do. Most of us are multi-passionate. So it doesn't like, don't restrict yourself to only just music things too. Okay. Right. Um, so sit, sitting down and really making that list. So once you have that, usually I'll recommend setting a timer for like 20, 30 minutes and just really like let everything come out. Okay. No judgment. No, like, oh, that's stupid. Just write it down. Now, next step from that is you're going to go through. And if there's anything that you look at, and this is where we're going to start kind of um, <laughs> weeding things out. If there's yeah. something where you're like, uh, if somebody came up and asked me like, Hey, Nicole, how could I X, Y, Z, right? Whatever you wrote down there, how could I get into grad school? Or like, could you help me look at my resume? Could you help me um, make the make a scented candle, whatever it is, if you can look at that, and you can be like, you know what, like, yeah, I could, I could have a conversation with somebody about this, and give them like helpful tips and walk them through it and kind of show them what to do. And you know, give them the like, hey, like, these are the mistakes to avoid. This is the stuff you're going to encounter. Cool. Like leave it on the list. But if you look at that and you're like, no, like I have maybe like one or two pointers, but that's about it. Cross it off your list. Okay. The other factor here that I want you to take into consideration is, do you actually really enjoy this? Like, are you passionate about it? Does it excite you? Or are you like, meh? If it's a meh, it's a no, cross it out. Okay. Right. Because right. here's the thing, when you are building your own business, it's work. Okay, it is work. And so if you don't really love it, you're not going to want to put the work in, right? If you're just like, mm -hmm. about it, it's going to be really hard on those days where you're like, oh, I just I like, I would rather lay in bed and watch Netflix. Like when you're your own boss, you don't have somebody being like, okay, Nicole, like, what are you doing? Like, you didn't do this work today. I'm going to write you up. You have free free reign and it is right. it takes a lot of discipline. So if you if it is not something that you like really love that you're super passionate about, something that you could like go down the rabbit hole researching and you know be up until 3 a.m. and then you're like, "Oh my god, it's 3 a.m. I didn't even notice." Like if you're if you don't have that cross it off your list as well, okay? So 
there's kind of your step two. Now, after that, you should have a pretty good list of things that you would be able to help other people with, show them how to do, and you also really enjoy. So that would be your potential list of things that you could maybe um, help other people with, right? And I also want to note that this doesn't have to be like tangible things like, oh, make a salted caramel mocha or make a scented candle, right? It can be things like, uh, obviously, there's more mindset related things, right? Like, oh, like winning an audition, you know, that's a lot of mindset work and gaining confidence and whatever, you know, so uh, just throwing that out there. But anyway, so once you have this list, the next step is going to be doing market research and validation for is there demand for it? Does this have the potential to be profitable? Okay, because here's a big spoiler alert for you. Just because you think something is a great idea, doesn't mean everybody else does. Okay, you can have this idea. And I can't even tell you how many people literally I have turned them down as clients, because they'll be like, Oh, my God, I had this amazing idea. And then, you know, I paid this web developer $10,000. And then I did this and blah, 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 and I launched it and nobody bought but like, it's so good. And I don't know what to can you help me? Um, No, because I just did literally five minutes of market research. And it's not a profitable idea. Like just because you think it's good, doesn't mean other people do like you need to do that before you invest any time, energy, money into anything. Because if other people don't want it, spoiler alert, it's not gonna sell. Okay, so do your market research, do validation for is there demand for it? Does it have the potential for being profitable? Um, Now I do want to give a little asterisk here. If you go through that process just because like, oh, nobody else has a course on this or nobody else is, you know, I didn't find anything else on this. Like, oh, does that mean there's like not a demand, whatever? You still can do those things. Just know it's going to be like 500 times harder because you are going to have to do the education. You're going to be the first to market. You're going to be the one building the demand for it. And yeah, it's going to be like an uphill battle. So like not Mm -hmm. saying you can't do it, just saying like, let's have realistic expectations and it's going to be real hard. Um, So anyway, once you do your market research, the validation, then you're going to have, usually it'll probably be a list of like two or three things at that point that you Mm -hmm. found have really good demand, have good potential potential for being profitable. And then from there, it's just kind of a, okay, well, like, what sounds super fun and exciting for you? Cool, do that. This is the part where so many people will get hung up and they get into the analysis paralysis and, oh, I don't know if I should do this and should I do that? And I don't know. And maybe I should talk with so-and-so and and I should do, you know, oh, and what if, what if this happens? And no, just stop it. Set a timer for five minutes. And when that timer goes off, whatever your gut is telling you, like just freaking do it and get started. Okay. Because nothing is set in stone. If you do it for a week and you decide you hate it, like, guess what? You can quit and decide to do the other thing, you know, like it's not Mm -hmm. the end of the world. Like you cannot keep yourself stuck on things. And God, especially with musicians, we all do this. We overthink everything. So quit it. I'm like, (laughs) I'm going to mom you real quick, like quit it. It doesn't matter. Just freaking do it. And if you don't like it, like stop doing it and do something else, you know, but like, you're never going to get anywhere if all you do is sit there and think about things, you have to actually go do things. Okay. (laughs) Like, that's how you're going to learn by getting experience. So just my, you know, disclaimer on that, don't get stuck in that just freaking do it. (laughs) Right. After you've done the research and make sure that it's profitable, yes. then, then jump into it. <laughs> Don't spend $10,000 on a bad idea. 
No, <laughs> I think that is, I think that is so, so great. And that's an awesome way to get that passive income going. So it sounds like it's a lot of work at first, mm-hmm. but then it kind of frees up once it's rolling and once yeah. it's going. Yeah. And this is one of the things like, let's just go ahead and clear this up. Cause you know, I know a lot of people online, they're like, oh my God, passive income. And it just comes in every month and it's so easy. And you know, I travel all the time and I do this and that, like, yeah, that might be where I am right now. Was it like that in the beginning? No, no, right. it freaking was not. Like I worked my butt off building yeah. this. Like the last, the last system that I built out, backend system for you know a passive income stream. You have to build out basically a sales funnel on the back end and getting all of that up and writing all of the you know the email stuff or the email funnel and getting all of the you know the okay, well how am I getting leads into the funnel and blah blah blah. Like getting all of that set up. The last one that I did, it literally took me like a year. So like just throwing that out there, like let's also have realistic expectations. This is not an easy button, okay? There are no shortcuts to anything. But I will say this, one of the, one of the quotes that really kept me going, especially in the beginning is, and forgive me because it's not going to be verbatim, but it's something along the lines of entrepreneurs are willing to work a few years of their life like most people won't. So they can live the rest of their lives like most people can't. And that holds true. Like what other freaking industries can you think of that? Like you could go travel for half of every month, right? you know, and I'm not doing this for work. Like I'm doing it for fun because I Mm -hmm. want to, I am living a life right now that I always dreamed of living. I never thought I would be able to have because I'm like, oh, well, you can't do this with music. And, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm not even going to be making that much money. And how would that even work? And da, 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 da. it happened because I put in that work up front. And with the passive income, you know, I knew that this was the kind of life that I wanted to live. Right. And so I built my business to support that life, which is something that I think a lot of musicians also neglect because we're just like, oh, I want to play music. I want to do this. And, you know, oh, we do it because we're passionate about it, right? All of those things again. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing. What do you want your actual life to look like? Like you're being, being a flute player. That's not my identity, right? That's not who I am. I'm, I'm so much more than that, you know, and the same goes for all of us. Like the instrument you play is not who you are. Like, what do you want your actual life to look like? Do you want to travel? Do you want to, how much time do you want to be able to spend with your family? Maybe you have kids, you know, what do you Mm -hmm. want that to look like? And then that's, that's what you should be building your business to reflect. You should build your business to support the type of life that you want to live, not just, oh, I'm going to build this and I'm going to teach lessons because this is what everybody else does to make money. And I'm going to do this and da, 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 da. Yeah. Well, guess what? If you do that, then you're going to be getting yourself stuck in a cycle of, you know, teaching lessons like all day, every day. I mean, if that's what you want, awesome. Go for it. Build that. Mm -hmm. But I'm just advocating for like, let's just take a moment and think about what you want your actual life to look like and build your business accordingly. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) I think that's, well, you know, the music industry is changing faster than anyone can keep up. And so I think it's important that we periodically take a look at our lives and see where we fit in there. Like teaching's changing performing's changing, recording's changing, everything's changing. And I think it's important that we as musicians 
try to see where we fit and where all of that fits into our lives. I actually think that's a fantastic New Year's resolution or New Year's goal for a lot of musicians is to kind of just take a look at where they are in their career and see how their music fits into their life and if they're happy with that situation. And if Mm -hmm. not, what are the things that you can kind of change? Is there something that do you want to be performing more? Awesome. Do you want to be teaching more? Awesome. Are you wanting to maybe start a passive income channel and you want to learn about marketing, learn about the funneling that you were talking about and sales and all that? That's a good thing too. Um, I actually think that's a fantastic uh, New Year's resolution. I think I'm probably going to do that now after talking to you. I'm going to have to <laughs> like look, look at my, take a look at my stock of, of my life and and my career at the moment. What kind of uh, New Year's resolutions or what kind of goals do you think that musicians should maybe think about this year that maybe they haven't thought about in the past? Well, I will say one of the things that I personally have had to switch to doing um, mm-hmm. is instead of setting New Year's resolutions, mm-hmm. uh, because we all know, you know, statistically, we don't keep them, right? Right. I prefer to set New Year's intentions uh, because it's also, you know, one of the things that I found, and I've had to do a lot of unconditioning for this is as musicians, it's so like onto the next, onto the next, onto the next, right? right? We don't take time to sit there and like, think about like, oh, what do I actually want? Is this the life I want? Am I happy doing this? It's more, you have to say yes to every gig because you never know when the next one is going to be. You have to, okay, great. Now we finished this concert. Now it's onto the next rehearsal. And now we have this recording session next week. And now I have this performance, you know, next month and we have to prep for this. And it's always like next, 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 next. And that is so it's like it's hustle culture, you know, it's so hustle culture. And that is like, we are human beings, not human doings, you know, Um, and as someone (laughs) like I'm also someone I have chronic health conditions, like I I physically cannot do that, you know, and so I've had to do a lot of deconditioning for myself to be able to like, stop and pause and, you know, celebrate when you've done something like, oh, wow, I just like did this huge recording session. That's actually a really big deal. Let me like take a minute and actually take a freaking day off and celebrate myself and, you know, acknowledge what I just did. Novel idea, right? Um, So we we tend to tie things to these very like tangible milestones and markers and, you know, numbers and, oh, I need to hit this much money per month. You know, it's very Mm -hmm. like, it's very tangible versus saying, oh, my intention for this year is I want to be more present, right? Like, what does that look like? That is really freaking hard, right? Like, how often are we present? My, I know at least for me, my brain, my default is always okay. What do I have? What's on my schedule in an hour? What am I doing tonight? What, yeah, uh, what I have this thing next week, and oh, I have to prep for this. I need to pack because I'm going here and I have this interview tomorrow, right? Like, when am Mm -hmm. I actually being present, right? So, I, I would encourage, um, I would encourage you to think about what your intentions are this year and challenge yourself to how can we take some more time for yourself? And instead of just always like going on to the next, on to the next, on to the next, let's do something different, you know, like yeah. challenge ourselves a yeah. little bit here and um, do something that we don't typically do. <laughs> yeah. 
I love that. That's excellent advice for the current musicians. Last question. I have so enjoyed talking with you and hearing all (laughs) of your wonderful things. Where can people find you? Because I know I'm sure everyone's going to have more questions and are going to want to reach out and find you and ask them to you. So how do we find you? Yes, absolutely. So the place I spend most of my internet time is going to be Instagram. I'm an Instagram gal. Uh, You can find me on there just under my name at Nicole Ricardo, uh, N-I-C-O-L-E-R-I-C-C-A-R-D-O. I I also have a website, again, just my name, NicoleRicardo.com. I have an agency where it's more the, you know, done for you. Like if you want somebody to build a website for you, do social media marketing for you, any of that jazz. Um, it is NR Media, Nicole Ricardo Media. So you can find us on Instagram website as well. But yeah, uh, most likely just come find me on Instagram. Come say, hey, uh, ask me questions. We'll chat. It's cool. I'm not going to bite. And um, I'm also very no BS. So if you have any questions, I'm like, hey, Nicole, what do you think about this? Or blah, blah, blah. Um, I don't beat around the bush and I will tell you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. And we'll have links to all of that in our show notes so everybody can find you really easily. So I just appreciate you. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Nicole, for coming and talking and kind of just opening my eyes to all the different possibilities. (laughs) And um, I just, I really appreciate you and I hope you have a great 2023. Yeah, thank you so much for having me and happy new year, everyone. Thank you for joining us today on the Musicians vs. the World podcast in our discussion with musician, marketing strategist, and business coach, Nicole Ricardo. I hope that you found this program helpful. Maybe it gave you some inspiration or a starting point to explore new sources of income in 2023. Or perhaps after hearing this conversation, you are more solidly confident in where you are at the moment and where your career is headed. Either way, I hope you go away from this conversation feeling motivated and empowered as a musician to take stock of what it is that you want to do with your life and making a plan to get there. If you are interested in learning more about Nicole or asking her some questions, you can find her on Instagram or on her website, NicoleRicardo.com. I will have links to both of these in our show notes on our website, frostedlens.com slash musicians versus the world. I'll also have links to some background information about marketing and funneling and personal branding that may be helpful if that's something that you'd like to explore. Throughout this episode, you've heard excerpts from Wind Quintet Opus 88, number two in E flat major by Anton Rijka and Sonatine for Flute and Piano by Pierre Sancon. If you know of anyone that may be interested in today's conversation, please share this episode with them. And if you have a minute, leave us a nice review wherever you listen to podcasts so others can find us as well. And if you're more of a visual person and want to see our faces, you can watch the video of this interview on our Musicians vs. the World YouTube channel. Musicians vs. the World is a production of Frosted Lens Entertainment in conjunction with Smith Sound Music. It is hosted and edited by me, Christine Smith, and our producer today is Russ Wilkes. And if you have any questions for us, topics you'd like to hear about, or any helpful advice for other musicians that you'd like to share, be sure to reach out to us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook, or send us an email at info at frostedlens.com. Thanks so much, and have a very happy 2023.